everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm your virgin. And we're your hosts. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? How's it going, Clayton? It's going good. Oh, good. Should we just jump right into this book? Let's do it. We don't have any fun banter for the top. No, I don't think we have anything to talk about right now, do we? No, a peek behind the curtain is we've already recorded an episode today. Yes. (laughs) So we've done all of our fun banter. So listen to The Earl Takes All. Next week, and you'll hear all of banter. But this week we read Grin and Beard It by Penny Reed. It is the Winston Brothers book two. So Clayton, what did you think of this cover? I love it. It's a great cover. The, that's uh, the cross stitch, correct? Is that what this is? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Needlepoint. It, Needlepoint. Uh, it really does pop out. You see... Jethro, obviously, because he's got the beard, and you got those hats at the top, and roses. Wait, no, they're little. Uh, they're the um, roosters on the top of the buildings, right? Uh, weather vanes. Weather vanes. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry, we we have a really small version of it yeah. on the paper, so I couldn't tell exactly what they are. But yeah, I think it's uh, a very well done. Uh, shows you exactly what to expect yeah and these are great because every book in the series it is this where it's just like a cross stitch of the hair of one of the hero and then a little something at the top sort of exemplifying like something about the hero there's one called beard science and it's all like beakers and stuff at the top now you you famously said on this podcast not a fan of cartoon covers necessarily Mm -hmm. does this fall this doesn't fall into that trap it's more of just a differently designed it just doesn't have people on it this is like a stylistic cover and i really love it well because it's also it's very unique i've never seen like a cross stitch cover before and especially because this is a book about like a family in tennessee and they sort of are very into handicrafts sort of thing that it makes sense it all really ties in very well and i yeah i love all these covers i think are really 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 well done yeah i like when cover designs are consistent Mm -hmm. in series and usually they are yeah these all always uh look fantastic and then there's two books in the series that are women um and it's their hair and their lips which i think is cute too that's great uh so clayton what was grin and bearded about grin and bearded was a book about sienna diaz who is the biggest star (laughs) in hollywood she writes all her own movies she stars in her movies She's 25 years old. She's Latina. She just won an Oscar. Yes, for a comedy role, which is unheard of since Marissa Tomei. It's preposterous. Yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> but she's shooting a movie in Tennessee. She meets Jethro, who is one of the Winston brothers. He runs into her because he's a park ranger. And she can't read a map and has gotten lost. He helps her find her way. And they're me- immediately attracted to each other. There's immediate sparks. But Jethro doesn't know who she is. He has no clue. So she's saying her name but has her hand over her mouth. And he thinks she says Sarah. He thinks she's Sarah. Now, this is a misunderstanding that doesn't last super long. Right. But it's, it's a small, tiny misunderstanding. But Jethro has a dark past. 
His dad's a bad dad. We'll get into that later. He also has not slept with anybody in five years. And they want to mash parts. (laughs) And there's Marta, who is Sienna's sister, but also manager, who gave up her acting career to manage her superstar sister, who is like, you cannot date a guy named Jethro. (laughs) You have to date an actor, somebody who's at your same level or closer than a guy who traps black bears for for the the movie you're making in Tennessee. So there's a lot of things keeping them apart. Of course they eventually end up together. At one point there is an agreement to do everything but sex and then that agreement is broken. It's everything except sex. Everything except sex. What did I say? But sex. Every yeah, that's that means the same thing. Did you think I meant butt sex? Yeah. Everything, period, butt sex <laughs> is what I meant. No, everything except sex. Yeah. And I mean, it's a here's the thing. It's a modern. So contemporary. there's contemporary. Contemporary. Is there a difference? Uh, I will. Just the genre is called contemporary, not modern. OK, I, I say modern a lot. You do. And I think it's I won't correct you again if it's annoying. There is a movie called Modern Romance. Oh, there. What's it about? It well, it's about it's Albert Brooks directed it and wrote it, oh. and it's about him dating and falling in love with this woman and all this stuff. It's a really great movie. R.I.P. But no, he didn't die. Albert Brooks didn't die. No, his brother died, who was his older brother who played Super Dave. Um, okay. He, he passed away. So RIP Super Dave. I think Albert Brooks is also dead. No, Albert Brooks is very much alive. You cannot fight me on this. Who died? Who died? Who died that I'm thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> Plenty of people have died. Is it a comedian? Yeah. It's like an Albert Brooks. It's like an Albert Brooks. Yeah. How recently? Um, like a year or two. Gary Shanling is who I'm thinking of. Yes, Gary Shanling. <laughs> has passed and he's not albert brooks you want to know albert brooks real name oh uh, i know it albert einstein yes because mm. his brother bob einstein mm. who is on curb your enthusiasm yeah, oh he's great all funny funny people mm-hmm. who've done many many funny projects which brings us back to this book with sienna who supposedly is the master of comedy at this moment in time, which was 2016, I'm assuming. Now, I talked with you about this earlier. I think that this is this character is based on Melissa McCarthy, sort of. Mm-hmm. Even though Melissa McCarthy didn't write her her movies, her husband wrote a lot of her movies, but she is known as a plus-sized funny woman who is one of the last comedy stars. And you kind of don't see it, or at least not as much as I did, but I thought of Melissa McCarthy when I read this. Mm -hmm. Because Melissa McCarthy trades in a lot of the, I'm sweaty and I'm gross, and I'm in her comedic, I don't think she's sweaty or gross at all. I love Melissa McCarthy. She's one of my, I think she's amazingly talented. But a lot of the roles she plays, she falls down. She's wearing stupid stuff. She's... 
uh, makes fun of her weight. She makes fun of being a slob, things like that. Seems like there's an element of that comedy in what Sienna does, if I was reading it correctly. What do you think? It's hard to get a grip on what her movies are about. Yeah, so she talks about, like, her big first movie was called Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then she explains the plot of it, which just doesn't seem like a anything that really happened. The author definitely wanted to pitch movies in this book. <laughs> I think she thought, wow, these are really funny ideas for movies. Maybe someone will pay me to make this movie that I mentioned in this book. I mean, The Cultivist, the one that she was filming while she was there, I'm like, that is a great concept that for a movie. I was that actually, was fantastic. I, yeah. I think that's a really f- good idea. Yeah. Smash Girl, on the other hand, is a clear ripoff of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And the name Smash Girl is a first draft name. <laughs> and I know you're trying to get across that this person smashes. There, I mean, other ideas. Next idea. At least, keep the, it, yeah. Let's yeah, piggyback, let, but let's yeah, keep it rolling. Let's it's keep something it rolling. like Smash Girl, but not. Yeah. Uh, and that was so. The elephant in the room here for me with this book is that I was not a fan of the humor, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily need humor in my romances. I like a lot of historicals. I like modern stuff that doesn't isn't so heavy with jokes. And the fact that the humor didn't hit the target for me made this a a kind of a difficult read because there's so much of uh, the the humor front and center that just didn't play for me. But you you like this book a lot. You've reread this book several times, right? Yeah, I love this whole series. Like... Because I do feel like I do have issues with this book that I do want to talk about. Okay. But I do want to say at the at the start, like, I love this series. I've read this book a few times. Like, the last book in the series just came out. I read it starting, starting at midnight when it was released. Like, I'm in. So you're a fan. I, I'm a fan. I love the Winston okay. Brothers. I think this is great. I picked – this was the first book I read in the series – I picked it, I think, because I loved a, the plus-size heroine. I thought that was great. That's great. And um, so there's a lot that I like about it. But, yeah, there there are a lot of issues with it. And I think the big issue that is very difficult is when you are trying to place – when you're writing a celebrity or when you're writing a band, it's really hard to place them within the world. And I think what ended up happening here was she overshot it because it's like, you know – we we both write screenplays and stuff and are in the world like a teeny tiny bit. The idea that you would write six screenplays in four years is truly impossible and or that you would film more than one movie even. It's just like it's kind of crazy and that she had won an Oscar and all this stuff. It just was like too much and it was hard to then really take stock in the character because you're just like, what the hell is this world that she's living in that she's done all this at 25? Well, that's the thing is because, so her first screenplay that she wrote, she only wanted to write it. She didn't want to be in it, but she and her Marta, who was her sister, who is her sister Mm -hmm. and her agent, said star in it it was a rocky situation stallone wrote rocky refused to have anybody play rocky except himself steadfast 
said, no, I don't want to have anybody else do it. And he ended up starring Rocky, became a star. Hmm. That's a, that I could see as a similar situation here. The There's a few things. And as somebody who follows stars, I'm a big movie star guy. I know movie stars. Yes. Because I have very specific criteria. If you want to know these criteria, I'm going to write an ebook and I will I I will I will link that in the show <laughs> notes at some point. This is her level of success is ridiculous. And also, cuz you mentioned at the beginning winning an Oscar for a comedic role. Not that they don't deserve it. They don't win it. And especially not I'm assuming best actor or I'm no, best it was actress. best actress because I was like, you're not. I gonna, believe no. this. If she won supporting, yes, I would believe supporting. If Melissa McCarthy would have won supporting for Bridesmaid, Bridesmaids, that would have been crazy, but believable because you did me- mention Marissa Tomei, who won f- supporting for My Cousin Vinny, which to this day people think that the wrong card was read. And that's how much comedy is looked down upon by the Academy that they think Jack Palance, who was very old at the time and coming off of City Slickers, he read the card and people assumed that he just read the first name and not the winner. Now, that's been debunked, but people still believe it because she won for a purely comedic performance. Now, I'm hoping this world is different and in this world... Something about Mary won best picture in uh, 98 or whatever. But I don't think that's the case. I think this is, like you said, overshooting her stardom. Then you have her agent, her sister, who in when they're talking one time says, hey, still think about doing that Playboy centerfold. She just won an Oscar. Like Playboy probably sent, I'm sure, when Playboy was huge, every Oscar winner was given a uh, offer to be in Playboy. But your agent would never say, be in Playboy. Also, even in 2016, Playboy was not a thing that people did anymore. Not if you had a legitimate career. So you would be on the cover of Vogue. She would she would be Demi Moore was holding her belly on the cover of a fashion magazine. Yeah, not in and, and Janet Jackson had her boobs covered on Rolling Stone, not Playboy. So that rang a little false. And I know that's like really nitpicky. But if you're going to choose being a movie star as the what the heroine is, you have to be accurate with how her career would go. And I think there was also too much. Like, my thing that was irksome was she kept saying primary photography for, like, the main block of filming you do for a movie, and it's called principal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why every time she said that, I was like, she wouldn't say, you would just say filming. It was, it, th- that was hard because it's like, you could just have her be, like, kind of a 25-year-old wonderkin, like, in all these comedy movies and super famous. I believe that. I believe that as a possibility. I don't believe that she would have written and been in th- that many movies in that amount of time, but, like... That's fine. I get it. But that, yeah, the Oscar and that she has her own plane and all this stuff. It's like. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. That's too much. And she says, what, am I going to meet somebody on OkCupid okay or Tinder? No, you're going to go on Raya. I don't know if Raya existed then. I think Raya existed. We just Three didn't know ago? about it. Oh, I, no one would tell us. Yeah. Of course. It's the holiday season and tis the season to listen to audiobooks. 
That's what I say. Everybody's traveling around. They're buying presents. They're in the car. They need something to listen to. And why not listen to an audiobook? And if you're thinking about giving someone or yourself, because that's, you can give yourself a present around the holiday season. You've earned it. Yeah. If you're thinking about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership, now is the best time to do it with a special offer of 53% off your first three months. Through Audible, you can also access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, romance. I was going to say the most important one. Yes, and more. Uh, You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. So you can listen to them on any device, anywhere, anytime with your Audible app. I listened to Tessa Dare's uh, Goddess of the Hunt while I was changing my closet from spring to winter. It's great. This was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. You can choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. So this holiday season, give yourself the gift of listening. Visit audible.com slash tropes. That's audible.com slash tropes, T-R-O-P-E-S. Or text tropes to 500-500. I think what I like that you don't as much is like I like a book that is just like here's a bunch of people let's just hear about a bunch of people's lives okay. like we're hanging on this town I like Green Valley I love Jethro just as somebody who has come from who's like a, a, a decent has always been a decent person but really fell off the path because he was trying to follow his father into a motorcycle gang who was in basically just a gang and they were you know doing some really bad things and he sort of led other people there and him just deciding to change his life and doing the work of changing his life and sort of all before he ever meets Sienna so he has five years of of sobriety I guess not literally, but just like living your life in a different way. And then that prepares him. So when he does meet Sienna, like they can start a relationship and that he's just very vocal from the beginning of like, this is what I'm looking for. Um, and I also liked how within this book, he is fine with giving up his entire career, like career and job to just sort of support her, which continues with the other books, which I also like is that there's never a question of like, well, how am I going to continue to be a park ranger? He's like, I'll quit and just hang out with you. Well, also because he inherited $2 million at the end of this book that he reveals too. Remember that? Well, yeah, because his mother's, his grandparents were very wealthy and so they all have a trust. But yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. I think that's my, one Mm -hmm. of my, there's two of my least favorite tropes in this book. One is inherited money out of nowhere. Because remember the deal? Yeah. Where the whole big thing with the deal is that, or one of the big things is the hero, his dad said, I'm cutting you off if you date the heroine. And then he just inherits money from his grandfather or something, right? So it's the same thing. That windfall, I, I don't like. The other thing is, we just had this in another book, is licking food off the fingers. (laughs) <laughs> when they're eating the donut and he's sucking on her fingers, I'm grossed out. That's 100% you. That scene was very hot. Where were the hands before? I mean, you, I mean, I think if I, 
I think it's a thing that when I look from the outside, that grosses me out. If I was doing it with somebody that I love and I trusted and knew their hand-washing regimen, I would then find that erotic. Okay. But if, if, if someone was sucking on my finger right now, I'd, I'd be thinking, I mean, obviously, if it's in this scenario, that's weird this for all awful. of us. Yeah. But say after this. Yeah. I'd, I'd be thinking, oh, wait, when was the last time I washed my hands? That would, I would be thinking that. Okay. I think that's a you thing. It would probably be exact, uh, right when I walk through the door, because every time I walk through the door at, in my apartment, I go to wash my hands. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I would be fine, but I don't know my partner would have to have that same regimen, and most people don't. Right, but then you're not having sex with anybody because, like, minutes later he's fingering her, and it's like, what is more intimate? Well, that's different. <laughs> okay. I I know. You're right. It's a hang-up. Yeah, and I just think with sex stuff, some, you can't think about anything too much. That's true. I mean, that is just something that continues to happen in the series is windfalls, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. But it's also it's enough that he inherited this giant house that backs up to a national park, which is like, but that's believable too. He was the oldest son. His mother passed away. Like, yeah, that all tracks. But just the $2 million out of nowhere, it's just like, and and there was no moment in the thing, in the book where you ever thought, oh, people think he's just in it for the money. That, so it's not like he has to fight that ever. He can, he can still say, I'll sign a prenup. I don't care. That's, I'm not after your money. Like he, he works for the government. He has a giant house. Like, I'm not worried he's hard up for cash. I mean, the one thing that was realistic about this book, and we talked about this earlier off mic, was the idea that somebody as big as Sienna, if she's truly as big as, as she's supposed to be in this book, if she were to date someone like Jethro, people would think she's insane. Yeah. They would think, oh, this is, this is where it turns and this is where she goes off her rocker because Sandra Bullock's a perfect example of this. And we may be, I might be dating myself, but back in the day, Sandra Bullock started dating some random grip or something. I can't remember. He was a lighting guy, something normal person. And everybody flipped out and thought, what does she do? She's Sandra Bullock. She should be dating Keanu Reeves. She should be dating Matthew McConaughey. She's dating some lighting guy. And so that makes sense that Jethro would be a knock on her stardom. Sandra Bullock also married the motorcycle guy, which he was in the media, but still people thought he's on a, he's on a cable motorcycle show. This guy, she should be dating stars. And that is realistic in this because there's a guy, Tom, who I liked. Oh God. Cause he was so funny and he, <laughs> and he was always trying to, he hated it if people thought he was old. He would check his hair all the time. He, I, I Did related you see to Tom. A I related to Tom. <laughs> I related to Tom. And then when he nags Jethro at the end, when he's saying all the the mean stuff to Jethro at the end, I kind of was like, okay, now this is funny. <laughs> that was the only time I was tickled by the humor was when he was roasting Jethro. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a elitist, and that's why I didn't like this book. But I. It, it is true because Jethro and Cletus and all of them, and we'll talk about the names later, they were all rugged, but they're also rich. So they were just the rugged rich. Right. And I kind of wanted him to just be rugged. Right. 
I didn't need him to be rich because yeah. that's the difference. She's rich and pampered and he's rugged. And th- but if he's also rich, then what's the the real difference is that the real germ of it is that she would look like a not a loser, but people would think she's crazy for dating a guy named Jethro. Right. And people would and think-, think it never last. Right. When Cher dated the guy who sold bagels. Absolutely. Where's that guy now? Yeah, they broke up. Of course they did. Yeah. And now she's alone because no star is good enough for Cher. Yeah. I love Cher. Yeah, who doesn't? I saw the Cher show on Broadway. It was fantastic. Now, that's not Cher. Hmm? Cher isn't there. No. It's people singing Cher songs. Yeah. Okay. She's in Vegas or was in Vegas. Yeah, she's not anymore. Okay. Gaga's in Vegas. Yeah. You saw that. Ah, that was amazing. Um, no, but the woman who plays Cher uh, won the Tony. Great. So she's doing good. Anyway, that's very much besides the point. Does that count towards an EGOT? An EGOT no. for Cher? I think it would Should. have counted because she's a producer. So had she, the the musical one, then she that would have counted towards an EGOT. But no, I don't think. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. She'll have an EGOT in my heart. Hmm. I love my I love myself from Cher Moonstruck. It's perfect. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, there is this thing that happens a lot in romance novels that I don't love, where it is like all of a sudden somebody is like impossibly rich, where it's like if you are living in Green Valley, Tennessee, which it seems like a very teeny tiny town, kind of in the middle of nowhere, that's pretty self sufficient. If you were to get two hundred thousand dollars as a inheritance, that would be a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. Like the amount of money that everybody gets, it's just like, why would you ever need this? And I don't get if it's like wish, it's not even wish fulfillment. Cause I get it if like both the characters are poor and all of a sudden they get money, then I'm like, okay, well, yeah, wish fulfillment. But it's like, Sienna is at that stage, she is so insanely wealthy that like her grandkids will be wealthy. Like if, if, you know, as long as nothing catastrophic happens or whatever, bad investments, her sister steals her money which could happen because marta does not seem like a good person no marta's a bad person and she also gave up a role on a tv show to manage her sister which is insane you would never do that if it, it, it depends no it doesn't depend if if we're talking network tv you're not giving up that role because you, if that here's what you do you say if this show goes then i'm gonna be on the show but if it get canceled which it will then I'll manage you afterwards. But let me see if this is Friends or if this is Coupling, the U.S. version. Yeah. Not the U.K. version. No, I knew it. You knew. I followed it, Of yeah. course. And I think what you get with this book that I love is, like, also they are immediately both attracted to each other. But in a way that I thought was really sexy and felt real, like, they're both physically attracted to each other and neither of them pretends not to be. Like, they're just sort of, like, immediately start flirting with each other, but also admit that they're flirting with each other in a way that I liked. And then you watch them slowly fall in love in a way that I found really believable and I really enjoyed. Sort of all the scenes where it was just the two of them in the truck or wherever, I was 100% down for. I I do think that that was done well, them falling in love. Her way, the uh, Sienna's way of joking was I, me personally would have found it annoying. Yeah. Her, how she joked, the Mothra's nipples, uh, ex- exclaiming stuff about Godzilla's balls or whatever. That's not my sense of humor. 
I think with her too, it wasn't necessarily that she was awkward, but I think she just like making weird jokes was her coping mechanism for like not being able to just exist in like silence or have an uncomfortable moment. Like she always had to bring that levity to everything. And I think she talks about it like that was sort of her role in her family. So it makes sense to me that then, you know, with him, she feels that's necessary. And what I like too, is he recognized that that was a coping mechanism and that was kind of bullshit because he says to her at a certain stage when they're having a difficult conversation do you want to make a weird joke now and she's like no but I was kind of thinking of it he's like yeah I get that's something you have to do and it's okay I think most of the time on this podcast we are of the same mind if we like a book or we don't like a book so I do think it's very interesting that I really like this book and it made me also have to try to think of like why I like this book like sort of drill down about like what in this book really spoke to me and made it a book that I go back to all the time uh, this whole series is one that I return to constantly. I think a lot of it has to do too with like the family. Like I genuinely love all of the um, brothers and their interaction um, and the sister Ashley too. And so I don't know if that's when I go back to it. I don't go back to it when I'm like, oh, I just want to really read a steamy scene or an angsty scene. But it's more sort of like I just want something nice. You know, and I listened to all of these on audiobooks first, and I still will turn them on sometimes if I'm just like around the house and just want to like have something going on. Um, so I don't know if that's a part of it too. I her sense of humor was not my sense of humor. I think the other thing that's really hard, and it must be insanely hard as an author, is like to be a comedy writer at the level that Sienna was to is, replicate that is insanely difficult if that isn't what you do. And so, yeah, so she just sort of went for low-hanging fruit, which is, like, fine. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who read this and loved it and thought it was very funny, which is a very valid thing. Like, we're not disagreeing with that. This is some people's sense of humor. It wasn't. It's not our sense of humor, which is fine. Comedy is subjective. Comedy is subjective. And I think the part that irked me about, you know, I think we've already really, like, beat this horse a few times about, you know, her rise to stardom. But what I didn't (laughs) like too was like that she was sort of like, oh, I won a contest. And then I didn't want to be in the movie, but they made me in the movie. And I'm like, can we have a woman with a little bit of like drive? Like she is at the top of the game in a very difficult industry. I want her to be like, I wanted this. I worked hard at this and it came early to me and I recognize it. And I think what really annoyed me or, or, what I, I, what I fear that the author was doing was saying, you know, people at this level, actresses at the highest level, writers at the highest level are vapid inherently. Not true. It's a skill. People who are do people who are actors at the top, like winning Oscars and stuff, like that is a craft that they take very seriously. If you're going to give your character a job, especially heroines. I want them to be passionate and very good at that job. She's very good at that job, but it seems like it all just sort of showed up one day. And I wanted that drive because then there's also more of a risk for her because she, those kind of people will fall in love with the Jethro. I didn't doubt that that could happen, but then it's not just sort of like, I don't care what everybody else says. Like, I just love him, but it's like, Yeah, it is a bit more of a stake if you're like, I have worked hard for this thing and I have a clear vision of where I want to go and this might take me off the path. And so is that what I want to do? Yes, ultimately, I'm in a romance novel. That is what I want to do. But 
to take that risk where it seemed like she could take it or leave everything. Well, that's, and that's, that goes back to that accidental stardom she has Mm -hmm. that, like you said, I mean, Melissa McCarthy is somebody who broke out at a advanced age for anybody, let alone a woman and worked for years towards that point and capitalized on it through hard work there is not, I don't think, and I might be wrong, a year that has gone by since her her rise to stardom that there hasn't been something at least Melissa McCarthy related out because she knows I have to stay in the zeitgeist. I have to continually work because not only is she older than the comics coming up, she's also a woman. And that's hard to succeed in comedy or anywhere to be the lead in a movie as a woman. It has to be a very specific movie at this point. And so if there was, you know, say she's not married to her husband, there was a guy like Jethro that came around. That is then, wow, am I going to give up everything? And I might not get another shot. This could be it if I marry Jethro. That, like you said, that is stakes. Yeah. And when she was, when she felt, oh, well, I guess I could just give this up. No, you you can't just give this up because you won't have a chance again. Uh, it, that, and it's that also not a hundred percent that that would even happen because there are plenty of famous people who are married to other people and we just don't know who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, George Clooney's married to some lawyer or something. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I, but like Dolly Parton is married to a guy she met at a gas station. Yeah, like, things that's happen. Joke. That's great though. Uh, but she's Dolly, and yeah, she can't make. She's been a... married to that guy for so long. Yeah, listen, maybe these two will be married for so long. I mean, Jethro was useful. I mean, I I believed that she would have found something in Jethro that she really needed. Like, Jethro did take care of her in a way where he didn't think he was going to get credit for it, but because he cared about her. And I believe, like, throughout their life, that'll continue. Where, like, Jethro is able to do, like, build a house and think a few steps ahead. But it's true. Yeah, there's one thing that he did that... Oh, no. She couldn't find Chinese food. Oh, yeah. In Tennessee. So he asked two of his Chinese friends to make food for her. Okay. That's... How do you make that phone call? Well, and also then they put it in takeout dishes where I'm just like, go to Knoxville. Get... I'm sure there's Chinese food in Knoxville. I've never been. Who could say? But... And then just drive it back. And I never will. (laughs) No, I'll go to Knoxville. Listen, I don't want Knoxville mad at me. I would love to go to Tennessee. It sounds beautiful. Yeah. Um, I would love to visit the South if they'll have me. Yeah. Something that I don't like is we've read a few plus size heroines, and I don't like when they say specifically, like, she says, sometimes I'm a size 12, sometimes I'm a size 18 and all this stuff. I think that's, like, can be harming in a way. But I really appreciated that she was somebody who really owned her body and that at Jethro only loved her body and from the second he saw her was super attracted to her and that sort of never went away and I think I also really loved that aspect of it too of him just being like a hundred percent in on this woman who also sounded like extraordinarily beautiful too but so you thought that this was a good representation of a of a plus-size heroine Yes and no. Okay. I thought the way that everyone reacted to her, I liked. Okay. Because you do have people commenting on her body. It would be insane if somebody didn't 
given her industry. And also just giving who, like, just being a woman. People comment on your body all the time, and it's not great. But... Um, they write laws about your body. Yeah. They tell us what we can do. Strange men will come up to the street and tell you exactly what they think of it out of nowhere. And it's a shock. And no stranger has ever mentioned my body ever. No? No. You, have you had family members talk oh, to you about I'm, it? I mean, that's what I mean. Well, I've, I've gone to auditions and they definitely talk about that stuff. That's but I'm asking though. for it. Yeah. But nobody on the street has ever, other than when I had a big beard, which I don't have anymore, a homeless gentleman who hangs out near where I live, and, but he's a higher level of homeless person because I live in, uh, in Park Slope. Mm-hmm. I just think he has like uh, he he doesn't live in Roundstone. Is homeless yeah. in Prospect Park. You're homeless as well, though. I am homeless as well. I was walking by, and I have long hair and I had a beard. And he goes, "Morning, Harry." That's good. And I laughed because oh, that's <laughs> funny. But I mean, it is a comment on my beard, which is not saying. Hey, nice big butt, or your balls are huge. I don't know what. I mean, that's the thing. That's why it's so ridiculous to say, like, if there was women screaming about my balls on the street, I I'd go insane. Yeah. Or they do this, and that's really creepy too. What is that? They just do this weird low whistle at you. Oh, trying to get you to like pay attention to them. Can only women hear it? I don't know. Next time, if I I don't hear it alone. Well, that's the fun part. Tell me if you hear it when we're walking together, and I'll tell you if I heard it. Here's the thing: no one would ever do it if I was walking with you or when I walk with Pat. Men don't do it to women with other men because of the patriarchy. We'll never know if it exists (laughs) because there's a way you could just ask a woman and then believe what she says. I can't trust that. (laughs) I need to hear it myself. Wait, is that the problem too? Oh, I just figured something out. I'm yeah. the problem. You are the problem. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, being a woman is a nightmare. Existing in public is a nightmare. But that was all realistic. But uh, there was something that I hated where she was, like, talking about how much she hates cardio and talking about how, like, eating and stuff where I was just like, that's not the, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to say because I don't want to say that's like a fat woman's experience, but like that's just my experience. But it could be someone else's experience. So I don't know. Maybe I'll shut up about that. But for me, that all rang as a thin woman's idea of what fat women think of. And it just really that part annoyed me. I mean, in general, I did like Sienna, despite all of the shit that I'm talking about her. Yeah. Like She seemed like a very good person. All of her security detail loved her, and she seemed to, like, act genuinely care about them. Got to be nice to the help. Yes. That's always And you got to call them the help. Oh, yeah. But be nice to them. But But make sure they know they're the help. Yes. (laughs) I would still recommend this book. I think know what you're getting into. It's a specific kind of humor, but it is like a a slice of small town, which I enjoy. And I would say keep reading these books. Is this my favorite one of the books? No. But I do I do really enjoy it. I picked it for us to read because I found Sienna so interesting. I thought there would be a lot of us to talk about with that. And there is. There was. Oh, would you fuck them? No. No? I wouldn't fuck Jethro. I wouldn't fuck Sienna either. That's... The um, jokes would be too much for me. You couldn't, I couldn't do the jokes. And Jethro's, uh, I want a real rugged guy. I want a Jethro's legit, real rugged. No, I don't want a pampered. His flannel probably cost more than my rent. Oh my god, you're ridiculous. No, I don't like Jethro, and everybody's gonna hate me, and that's fine. I would 100. percent I Jack. would fuck a Jethro park ranger. Is- definitely, I would fuck any of the park rangers that aren't Jethro. 
because I like the little shorts. <laughs> he was and wearing pants hat. this whole time. No, I imagine him in shorts. Mm. And the hat, and I like that. So you would fuck Drew. I would the fuck- The one that looks like a Viking, they kept saying. Yes, I'd fuck Drew. Um... I can't fuck a guy named Jethro. I'm so sorry. I like the name Jethro. I moved to New York so I didn't have to fuck guys named Jethro. <laughs> okay? If I wanted to fuck guys named Jethro, I'd stay in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I would 100% fuck Jethro. He sounded extraordinarily hot. Yeah. He sounded, every time she like talked about the way he walked, having that like cool air of self-assurance. Yeah. I would 100% fuck Jethro. I would fuck Sienna, but I'd be like, we can't. I would, I would, I wouldn't fuck Sienna because I wouldn't want to uh, damage her career. <laughs> I'd say, really, you're, you're, you just want an Oscar. You want to fuck me? <laughs> Unless she fucked me with the Oscar, then that, then I would do it. Okay. Yeah. Then so there we go. So if it was pegging with an Oscar, of course, then any, you're in. Any Oscar winners who are listening, <laughs> don't care what age, don't care what gender. If you want to fuck me with an Oscar, you can do it. It's the highest honor. <laughs> All right, Goodreads list. A shit ton of I'm lists. I'm sure. So I'm many sure. lists. We got an extra page on our notes. Uh, gotta love a man with a beard. I agree. Best rom-com books. Not for me, but I can see why it's on the list. It's Definitely. a good, fun rom-com. It's very light. I see why people like this book. Yeah. And it's not... This is a very light one. There are other ones that are like pretty dark. So this is like pretty much, I think this might be like the fluffiest one. Of the Winston? Well, because yeah. her, okay, not to get, go back to the talking about the book, but uh, the dad sends this letter to Jethro. The dad's a bad guy yeah. and he's in prison. And he sends a letter to Jethro that's like, with a picture of them and says, oh, uh, something like great tits. I wonder how much money she's got in her bank account. Just like a threat. Oh, yeah. I, her, I hope her bank account is as big because as her, her tits. tits. That's, yeah, you're right. And she has money to pay my legal fees. See, that's funny. I, yeah. That guy, he's funny. The dad's Darryl's funny. funny. Daryl's supposed funny. to be uh, very much a charmer. Uh, he is an evil person. Okay. The things he does are is truly despicable. So I like the villains in this book. Yeah, so you're reading, You read. this is like a wicked retelling. That's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Just from Tom and Daryl's point I of view. I want Tom to find love. <laughs> I want him to get hairy implants because just get them. Just fucking get them. I know he didn't have a real issue, but he did talk about his hairline a little bit. So it was like, you're rich. Just get hair plugs. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Just do it. Uh, Hollywood romance novels. Yeah. Actress, heroines, and romance. Mm-hmm. Geeky, nerdy romance books. No. This is something that I feel like I want, do want to talk about, too, is that the author of this book calls all of her books smart romance, which I find really insulting to because romance it's saying that there is most other romance is not smart right this is this is for smart wim- smart women who want to read romance but most of it is garbage but her stuff is smart and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast but like something that irks me is when people think because you like a certain kind a certain movie or a certain activity or something that inherently makes you a smarter person. I don't think that is true. I think if you want to say quirky, I think if you want to say nerdy, not this book in particular, because this book is two people who are not that way at all. Yeah. But other characters are. So I don't, I find it, it every time I, and I love these books and I really like this author, but every time I see that it does sort of make me go on edge a little bit. Cause I'm like, yeah. It's kind of rude. I don't love it. All right. Knowing who is at the cotillion in Star Wars doesn't make you smart. 
No. I don't even know if it's called the cotillion. Watching Star Wars doesn't has no bearing on your intelligence either way. Absolutely. Liking Star Wars has no bearing on your intelligence. Yeah, it doesn't make you dumb either. It just doesn't make you anything. No, it just makes you a Star Wars fan, which is fine. Uh, Romance novels with flirting. Yes. There's a lot of good flirting. They call it out. Yeah, but they are good lines. Uh, Diverse romance, diverse romance with curves. Yeah. Witty, cute, and sexy male, female, adult, contemporary romance. You wouldn't say witty. Yeah, but I see why it's on the list. Again, I understand. Hispanic heroines and heroes in contemporary romance. She's Mexican-American. We didn't, I don't know if we said that. I think I, I, think I mentioned it earlier, yeah. but yeah. Uh, best contemporary romance series with brothers. I've not read a lot of contemporary no. with brothers. I would say yes, though. A plus-size heroines, formerly called Truly Plus. I don't know why they changed the name of the list. Oh, the list was formerly named Truly Plus? Yeah. Were people confused? I don't know. Yes. I mean, I I guess I'm confused more by that. <laughs> um, so no comment. Nerdy guys are hot. Jethro is not nerdy. He is not nerdy. He's a he's a man. I mean, he listen, he's fine. But he's not nerdy in any way. He's not nerdy in it. He's like extraordinarily attractive, capable with his hands. Like And also pretty straightforward. I, I don't yeah. yeah. Very straightforward. Uh romances to read when you want to laugh. Not for me, but, but could sure. see why it's on the list. Sexy lumberjacks. He does cut wood. Yeah, because they yeah, he is referred to as lumber sexual. Lumber sexual, yes. But also he literally cuts wood. Yeah. Which I'm into. Oh, yeah. I do. You do. You do. And I'm probably going to do it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a tree fall, so you will oh, be doing I'm it. So ex- I've never been more excited about a tree falling in my life. <laughs> I don't get a lot of news. I don't have like a Google alert for trees falling, though. Mm-hmm. So you're usually the one who tells me about trees falling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because my father tells me, and he's like, when are Pat and Clayton coming? Because we got a tree that just fell. Oh, I can't wait to drop that wood. <laughs> uh, sexy curves. Yes. Hilarious chiclet you shouldn't read in public. This is, I, don't, I disagree with Chicklet, but fine. You should read whatever you want in public as long as it is not offensive to other people. Like, you're not reading a porno mag on the subway. Yeah, no porno on the subway. Yeah. Best romantic beta heroes. I guess he's a beta because he's not an alpha. Yeah, I don't think he's in anything. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in beta territory. I think he's such a out of it. And not out of it in the sense that he probably doesn't even think of himself as an alpha or a beta. He wouldn't even know what that meant. Yeah. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Smut for the smart. I mean. Yes, but also there's a lot in that category. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like there should be a lot. There should be like Lisa Claypass. There should be Sarah McLean on there. There should be, you know, it depends who else is on this list. Right. You know. Humorous books from a male point of view. I mean, yeah, I guess we got Jethro's point of view, but yeah. I mean, most books. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, I don't know why I'm being argumentative about know. the lists. Well, also, because this is first person. Yeah. Past, but uh, no simpering virgin hero, heroine. She's got laid a ton. Mm, nope. Char- she fucks. Yeah. Charmers in romance. She's. He's charming. Yeah, they charmed each other. Yeah. Books set in Tennessee. That is true. Working class love. Contemporary romance where one of the leads or both is in the working class. 
Yeah, but he's rich. Yeah. Quirky Southern fiction. Okay. Books that exceeded your expectations. Again, not a, would not be on my list. Awesome audible books. I would say I listened to this and the production and the actors that read the book. There's two. One reads Sienna. One reads Jethro. Fantastic. Well, audible is great in general. Yeah, we love audible. Uh, horrible hipster beards. Uh, his beard was probably fine. I know. It seems like but, she was like taking good care of it. And he's not a hipster. No. People called it like Tom called him a hipster. But that's like hipsters are trying to be what Jethro is. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, best creative leads in romance novels. I wish she leaned a bit more into her creativity and had a bit of drive. That is a huge point that I agree with. Sweet heroes of contemporary romance. He was very sweet. Yeah, he's sweet. Honey romance titles. Oh, yes. Yeah. Romance with strong contemporary females. Yeah. Done. Great. Awesome. Clayton, what were your tropes? Bearded hero. Oscar-winning heroine, <laughs> writer heroine, we had strong family, bad dad, mm-hmm. donut porn. <laughs> they talked about these daisy donuts I wanted a so donut. much. Finger licking. Ugh. I know. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'll never like it. <laughs> bad sibling. I mean, Marta, I mean, does she in any of the other books? I thought. I kept thinking that Marta was going to take a turn to be truly evil, and she never really, she, like, pulled back from that. But you also, you know, this is for everybody who's about to get catapulted into stardom. Don't hire your family. Ever. It never works out. It's always bad. Billy Joel, Dane Cook. Google it. Never. Never. Uh, Yeah, those are my tropes. All right. Aaron, what are your tropes? My tropes, uh, famous heroine, mistaken identity, because he doesn't know who she is for a while. Uh, Heroes of Reform Bad Boy, um, making out blowy in a truck. I love making out in a car. It's my favorite. Did you say blowy in a truck? Blowy in a truck. That's great. (laughs) Big families, interfering families, bearded hero, a proposal during sex, because he's like inside her when he He slips the ring on while she's asleep. Later later in the night, but he asks her first. Um. So, yeah, it's not a non-consented <laughs> yeah. marriage proposal. Like she's already said yes, and then in the night he does that. Um, so Clay K- Claiborne on Twitter was talking about how a trope, a very specific trope that she loves is when a like a very tall man leans against a door frame. That's a great trope. Yeah, he does it in this book. So I wanted to call Kate out. It's in here. Oh, great trope, Kate. Yeah. I like that now, too. I'm mm-hmm. going to look out for that. I know. We need to have her on. She's one of us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and also a tall man ducks to get out of a doorway is also extraordinarily sexy. Because that does show so much. That's such a great reference point to see how strapping a guy is. Yeah. That's cool. So he has to duck to get out of her trailer, which I love. Uh, chopping wood out of frustration happens. Mm-hmm. Hero takes a backseat to his heroine's career. That also happens, which I love. And dating in secret. Yeah. <sighs> Those are my tropes. That's great. All right, Clayton. What has you swooning this week? So, Aaron, this is a very random uh, swoon. Uh-huh. Because, so, in the early uh, 2010s, and before that, 2000s as well, there was a musical artist named Girl Talk. Do you remember Girl Talk? Yeah. Yeah. So, released these uh, mixtapes that were hip-hop rappers, hip-hop rappers. They sound ancient. <laughs> 
rappers uh, using samples from rappers over pop songs. And yeah. it would be he would use all these different samples. It was really fun. And he released these for free. And in 2011, I believe, he did an album called All Day. And there was a movie that was shot and the score was that album. And it was called Girl Walk All Day. <laughs> and I just discovered this like eight years later, just randomly. I was in, I was down some sort of rabbit hole you find on the internet, right? And it is three dancers. One, the main dancer is a, a, a woman. The other two are guys, and they dance across New York. And each uh. track is a separate video, but then they, they separate it into videos, but then you can watch the whole movie. And I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's so cool. It is so cool. And the, the main dancer, who is this girl, is so exuberant and s- dances with so much joy. The guys dance amazing, too. But just watching her dance and interacting with real people on the street because they shot this re- throughout the city. I love, okay, yeah, right, You gotta so watch great. this. And I know we talk about New York so much and yeah. how we say we love New York. But I do think there is those feelings you have for where you live if you really love it. I mean, New York is where I was supposed to be. New York gave me the life that I have. Any other life I couldn't imagine. So when I get to see it and I get to see these like some days I'm just walking down the street and I have my head down and I'm not. And then something crazy happens and I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck this, whatever. And I'm watching her dance past these people and being like, you know what? I want to be the kind of person that if I saw that, I interact with that. Because she tried to get people to dance with her and stuff. Aww. And sometimes it works. And most of the time they're just on their phones and things, even back in 2011. And it made me think, you know what? I need to interact more with my surroundings. I need to be more open to things like that, that are amazing and can only happen in these urban areas. So watching it, I've watched it a couple times. Uh, it's so fun. It's really cool. And I'm, we'll link it in the show notes, but you can watch it on Vimeo, I think for free. And you can find a lot of the videos on YouTube, but you should, I would recommend watching the whole movie. And it's just really amazing. So it's called Girl Walk All Day, uh, and it's really fun. Oh, yeah. That so sounds fantastic. That. I've started doing that, too, where it's, like, times where I would normally, like, put on a podcast or start listening to something where, like, I purposely don't to try to, like, be on the street and try to be present with walking on the street or on the subway where it's, like, I'm just taking like, a short subway ride. Let's just not. Let's just sit and quiet. And it's, like interesting you have to really challenge yourself and you got to hear that whistle that special whistle with the whistle that the guys do because otherwise you wouldn't hear that (laughs) Aaron, what are you swooning about this week so i'm swooning about a netflix show that came out a little while ago uh it just came out with the second season it's called plan core or uh the hookup plan and it wait what plan plan core is the name it's a french series it takes place in paris so okay Wait, what? Plan core. I'm from Pennsylvania, remember? <laughs> plan core means a like a a, a plan of the heart. Oh, um, oh, I like that. And uh, so it's a really great series. It's it's really beautifully shot. It's very funny. It's all about this girl who gets dumped and she's having a really bad time. And so her two 
or her one best friend uh, hires an escort to flirt with her and take her on a date to sort of get her out of this funk. Um, and then she falls in love with him, you know, how yeah. it goes. But it's also sort of about their lives individually. It like really branches out into her friends and everything and, and different interest in different um, romantic problems that they're having. They just did the second season which I really loved as well. Um, and it's, it's really fun, and it's like a really cute romantic comedy sort of series. If you're looking for something on Netflix, I would highly recommend it. Is it subbed or dubbed? Subbed. Good. Yeah. Okay. But it's one of those things like you are watching it and you forget that you're reading. That's good. And also, I realized that I know more French than I thought because I was like doing okay for a few scenes oh, cool but then it was very hard I, I couldn't have watched it without it but yeah um yeah, it was great nice that's fun yeah well Aaron, where can they find us <laughs> so first things first which we always say please rate review subscribe got it always really appreciate it you don't gotta we we love you to do it and so many of you have yes and it is amazing and we really really appreciate it so much we read all of your reviews. We get a kick out of it. It's very sweet. It's also how more people can find us. If you also want to tell your friends or post about us, we always love that too. Share the love. Uh, if you want to email us any sort of recommendation, if you want to email us that we're wrong, if you want to email us that we're right, if you just want to say hi, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Learning Tropes. On Instagram, we're at Learning the Tropes. Um, and then we also have our Facebook group, The Learning the Tropes Troop, which is a lot of fun. Come by, hang out there. Um, and finally, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcasts. And next episode, are we in for a treat? You're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. The audience. We had a treat because we got to hang out with Sarah McClain for all two around. hours. She's the best. We love her so much. She was so funny. This is so a great fun. episode. Uh, we read Earl Takes All by Lorraine Heath, who's fan- a fantastic book, a fantastic woman, Sarah McLean. You aren't going to want to miss it. We had so much fun. Uh, so come back for that. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.